podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome. It's episode. Hang on, I'm just going to check here. Uh, type some keys. Uh, computer. What episode is it? Three hundred and sixty-four. Love that computer. Three hundred and sixty-four of the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Denny, and I'm joined tonight by Lisa Marie Hallan, who's absolutely not a computer and Guy Drinkle, so we can talk to you about the season as it's starting to very much ramp down, but with heightened expectations that I don't know if we really needed. <laughs> so we're going to have a look at what remains possible for the Reds, have a little bit of a chat about that, if our expectations have changed since we last spoke, um, and we'll... Uh, have a little general chit chat about uh, various other things as well. Definitely going to start in a minute by asking Guy about his holiday. Now, I have no idea even where to point this bloody thing because, as you can hear, listeners, for the third or fourth show in a row, I sound different. And I sound different because I'm using the microphone built in on the MacBook. And I can only assume it's where I see vents, Guy. So I'm going to point my phone at that and apologies if if it's coming in too low just let me know we'll scrap it but i do have a little observation which will lead me into saying hello to my good friend lisa marie because i want to get her take on the following real men are afraid of their woman dude real men would rather fight 10 dudes at a bar they go home to a pissed off chick. Because when you fight 10 dudes at a bar, it eventually ends. Lisa Marie, your response. <laughs> I, you know, what are you saying here, Trevor? Hello, everyone. Nice to be here this evening. I think. I'm not quite sure anymore. <laughs> I thought it was quite insightful, I have to say. <laughs> and as, as, I, as I've looked back over my life, maybe I am inclined to be a little bit, um, you know, for a guy who comes across quite placid, I can be quite bolshy uh, when my fellow uh, males are concerned, uh, especially if they're acting in an obstreperous fashion. Um, but uh, I do not relish any form of argument uh, with uh, the the nearest and dearest at all. Uh, it's a it's a it's a hellish activity, <laughs> which which <laughs> can ne- which can never be won. Um, and as a well, result, then see uh, there you go. You're fine as long as you realize it can never be won. You're good. <laughs> Just retreat so. from the field <laughs> and admit defeat, and you are fine, Trevor. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to know. Good to know. And apart from um, apart from soliciting your uh, views on um, male female relationships, uh, I should just generally ask how you've been and if there's anything of note since we last spoke. Uh, we've missed out one, so I'm curious to see uh, if there's anything that's been going on, um, Shay Hanahan, that we've missed out on. <laughs> well. Uh, child number two reached adulthood officially yesterday. It was Paul's 18th Ooh. birthday. So I've got two over the line as adults now, two thirds of the way there. Kind of proud of that. Um, yeah, no, just it's May is always a crazy month. Personally, I've got family birthdays. And then this year you throw in a graduate high school graduation and other things. So it's just we're just wandering our way through all the all the various activities that we've got going on here so do you enjoy that stuff or doesn't do i mean and don't feel, don't feel you have to go out on the limb and assume that your kids aren't listening to you talking on podcasts so i know no. certainly <laughs> mine doesn't. so uh do, do you find that stuff more trouble than it's worth or yeah, I, 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 I'm very much in the middle with those kind of family things because they can be quite stressful, especially if you're hosting and they're just I don't know. I Sometimes I, I, I would prefer uh, to I very much prefer to be a guest at something like that than than be the one who's 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 throwing the do, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. You know, we're very good about sort of um, and, and again, both my sons have got birthdays, you know, this week. I mean, Paul was yesterday. Rory's is next um, Wednesday. And then my husband's is the end of the month. So typically, we just do a group family celebration, if you will, um, Memorial Day weekend, which is the last weekend of of May. Um, It's usually Memorial Day is the last Monday of May, but typically we do it on the Sunday. And just do it as kind of a joint party with, you know, all the family and, you know, whoever that that's around. kind of making it a little more centered on Paul this year, just because it's also his high school graduation. And, um, but, but yeah, I mean, we're going to take Rory turns 21 next week, which is of course the legal drinking age in the United States. So we're going to go out next weekend for a nice dinner so that he can order an adult beverage in a restaurant. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. I do like that. I like that. I like these things. And, and you tell me you're not going full American cliche and you're going to present uh, Paul with the keys to his first Corvette on his 18th birthday. Oh, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> Paul will continue driving the Toyota Corolla that he is currently driving. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I believe he wants a new phone. So he is getting a new phone as his joint birthday graduation gift. You know, oh, plus us, you know, paying for, you know, college tuition. Um, now, he has gotten some nice scholarship money that is taking care of probably about three quarters of his tuition. So um, that's good. But but yeah, no, um, you know, us paying for college is present enough, I believe. <laughs> that will not wash, my friend. I've tried that one. It does not wash. <laughs> well, he's getting a phone. He want, that's what he wants. He wants a new phone. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Really she, need she, a new phone. 
we're going to get him a new phone. Tuition fees are thought of in the same way as socks and underwear. The kind of thing <laughs> that uh, kids never feel they should have to spend actual money on belonging to themselves and absolutely assume that you will spend your money on them. Um, so that's savings uh, that's and everything else. Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting week for you guys. I hope you enjoy all the various celebrations. And guy, we haven't spoken to you in a while, man. And um, even when you did come back, uh, I think my first uh, interaction with you was incredibly stressful because of this bullshit that I didn't know what was going on. And now at least I know how to do a show, uh, even if it does sound like shit. And again, apologies, folks. I I, I will get this fixed. I just I, I keep assuming it will be fine because it has been in the past. Uh, but we haven't spoken to you in a while. And in that period since the listeners of this show have heard from you uh you've been off gallivanting uh, across the globe um and on your travels would you fill us in a little bit about your trip and the type of things you got up to got sunburnt first day (laughs) yes yep ruined the second (laughs) day which was my birthday uh yeah it was fun. I uh, wanted to die that day because I was that sunburnt. <laughs> it was like, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Uh, it's still not even healed fully. Um, that was a stupid error. Uh, settled in the first few days. By the third day, I was on my way to Chichen Itza, which I put a video in our WhatsApp group where alien existence is confirmed, Trevor. Um, because yeah. that clapping thing was was some bullshit. And for people who have not been to Chichen Itza or anything, <clears throat> uh, it's a it's a temple which kind of looks pyramidy. And if you clap at the bottom, it echoes from the top where aliens made a temple. So you know, I'm not saying my engineers from before Jesus times could have made that, but it seems like alien stuff to me. Um, but Chichen Itza was fantastic. Uh, if you do go to Mexico, even if you don't appreciate like historical stuff like that, it's just something to experience, really. Um, got that, to swim that, in a sea note cave, which is fantastic as well. Sorry, Trevor, you go. Yeah, just I'm really curious about this that te- that that um, pyramid, that that stepped pyramid in Chichen Itza. Is that the one that's the? Is that the Temple of Kulakan, or is that a different one? Yes. Okay. That's Kulakan, yes. So so. Did, did did your guide lay on the full ancient aliens uh, origin story for you, or because I mean, the people think I'm talking about that silly TV series, but that's actually the myth out of Mesoamerica, isn't it? That you know the the visitors came and gave them the knowledge and all that. I am right. That's that's the spin they put it out there. That's she the, the original she story. didn't she didn't mention that. To be fair, <laughs> but I, oh, I have it, watched I have watched the History Channel trip. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but no, she didn't mention it, and I feel like if I asked her that, she may have just stared at me. And there was like another three hours of that trip left, Trev. So <laughs> it, was a, it was not a question I was willing to ask. <laughs> yeah, fair, um, fair enough. Yeah. So, so yeah, Chichen Itza. Then what did you say? Sea swimming then. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, 
prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. A C-note cave, so it was like a sinkhole, which was um, just pure 21 degrees water, which was refreshing when you've been in 30 degree heat all day and you are not built for 30 degree heat. Um I will send pictures of this as I mute later on. Um, but that was fantastic. If you do, it, Mexico is full of sea nut caves, but this one was like very, very open. It wasn't like mossy or anything like that. So it was like really nice to swim in. Uh, what else did I do? Got to Coco Bongo. If you've been to Mexico, you probably know what that is. It is just a nightclub where it does like a big cabaret show. I got drunk um, and very chatty with taxi drivers and, and whatnot. Um, I can't remember half that night. It was a good show. I've got videos. But I can't remember them. <laughs> um, I, won, I won a dance off in Coco Bongo on the, on the big screen. That's, oh, man. That's how drunk, yes, that's how drunk I got. <laughs> was there, is there video evidence of, of, of this? There is that I will put in later on. Oh, no. Fantastic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that was fun. Um, what else did we do? Other than just, I was going to say, slumming it around the five-star resort. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't now, wasn't this for star. someone's wedding guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the wedding. Yeah. That was a, <laughs> a day not by the pool. That. <laughs> um, no, that was, that was really fun. Um, it, was a re- it went really well. Apart from you had to actually go on the beach, and I was like, it's one of sandals on. <laughs> um no, that was really nice. We did like some boat tour thing, at, like a um, eco- ecological reserve thing. Got to see a crocodile's head for three seconds. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> saw a dolphin, which was nice. I, I like dolphin. And saw a turtle for about 0.5 of a second as well. <laughs> but no, I- this uh, this this uh, ecological tour. This is a separate thing, obviously, to the wedding day. The wedding day was it yes. one of those? Uh, was it was it done with a? Uh, it was an actual beach wedding or gathering, from what you're saying. So there was like a gazebo thing on the beach. Yeah. So you'll get to sit in there, um, and then they wanted pictures on the beach, and I, I have shoes on. I don't. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've got a bit, yeah. I have Crocs for this, and I'm not wearing Crocs to a bit to a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, 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 it was worth it. Even though it was next to, there were signs for them, but there's like you had to go over like a little crappy bridge to get on the beach, and there were signs about crocodiles. And I'm like, we're quite close to this little bit here, and I don't want to risk it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Uh, no, it was it was really good. For, I mean, for someone who I've not been on holiday since two thousand and nine. Before this, oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> yeah. So an eight nine hour flight. The first day, I was like, I just can't be asked. I want to sleep. Um, second day, burn at the pool because sun <laughs> sun's just a giggle. Um, but no, by the time it was just. It was a great experience, but if you ever do it, anyone ever goes to Mexico, 
do check out Chichen Itza or, or any of the Mayan temples, or if you're in the Aztec bit, I'm sure there's other um, temples and stuff up in there. I did not realise how big Mexico was. Oh, it's so huge. I was, yeah, I was in Cancun, and it took like three hours to get to Yucatan, which is like the bit over. And they said, I can't remember, it was either Mexico City or Guatemala, and said you'd have to drive like 20 hours to get to one of the other cities. And I was like, nah, I'll just stay here. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it didn't dawn on me how big it was, but I suppose I'm from England where everything is like three hours away from each other. <laughs> yeah, that is the thing. That's the thing about our sort of wee island existence. Uh, you do, you, you, you have this feeling you can just get in the car and you'll be there by the afternoon. Um, but uh, it's not really the case. And I, I, I'm one last one on this because you've kind of alluded to it already. But uh, I know the times I've been lucky enough to go over uh, to the states. We we have a contact in in. Miami and then Fort Lauderdale. So we've done a lot of Florida uh, trips, um, which I love and obviously also have had a lot of run-ins with crocodiles. I was playing golf once and the crocodile was just ambling across the third uh, tee box. So we had to just wait. Um, so that was fun. Um, and I mean, talking about incredibly close. So you just, this is almost like a way of life out there. But I did find... Each successive time I've gone back there, the flight was more and more uncomfortable. And I don't obviously have the money to be paying for business class or whatever the hell it is where you get that seat to yourself and you can stretch out. So going cattle class across that stretch of water, it's not fun, Guy. I'm presuming this was at least, uh, what, seven, eight hour flight for you, right? Uh, on the way there was nine. And on the way nine, back, no. it was eight and a half, I think. Yeah, because you right. got the tailwind that, going back. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's not really that pleasant, right? I mean, I I, I find that I find that really uh, it, it's almost it almost dissuades me from going um, it, 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 because of the comfort levels. Uh, purely, if if I if I had the money to fly first class, I'm sure it'd be fine. But uh, how did you deal with that, especially if you haven't been on a trip of any sort for quite a while? Um. I thought I dealt with it all right. To be on the way there, it wasn't too bad because it was weird. I had on the way there, I had extra spare seats, and as a larger gentleman, let's go with that. I appreciated that. Um, the leg room was a bit of an issue, um, but you deal with that. And I was in the aisle seat, so I could just man man spread myself <laughs> into the aisle. <laughs> um, um, but I was sat with, on the way there. I was sat with. Uh, my mate and his missus so that was fine and I just we played tennis on the switch and I tried to watch all the Christopher Nolan Batman films uh ended up watching the wedding singer by Adam Sandler which was a good trade um (laughs) yes Uh, on the way back I had like the bulkhead seats where you're at the front of the peasant section so you've got extra leg room but the seats themselves are just basically there to reinforce the plane and trying to break your legs <laughs> yeah. at the same yeah. time. So, yeah, if you're a larger person, the bulkhead is a lie. Do not get them. Get the extra space pre- seats, people. Um, <laughs> because, yes, there is no giving them seats um, at the front. But fortunately, on the way back, there was a gap between me and the person in the same aisle as me. So I looked out there. So I got lucky with that, but I... 
it's weird because I don't think most people go on holiday for two weeks, does it? You'll probably go for a week or a 10 days. Well, I think that's probably the ideal time. And if if you're from Europe, going on an eight to 10 hour flight for like a week doesn't seem that worth it to me. No, Where you can just go, unless you're going for like, to go see something like a Chichen Itza or something like that or a Cobra or a Tulum or whatever. Um you could just go to Spain where it's hot and people speak Spanish. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> um, I feel like Mexico to me seems like America's Spain, but I suppose you, you lot have Florida and California and stuff like that as well. So, Texas. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think as like an experience, I think doing that is worth it. But once you've been, unless you go into a very different part of Mexico, you might as well just to me anyway might as well just go like somewhere like Spain if you're just going for the weather I love that America's Spain very good <laughs> yes <laughs> that might actually be a show title um as I think of it and we should start uh, guiding you know the, flying uh, the... is one of the few times in my life that has been advantageous to not be a tall person <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah of course yeah like leg room ceases to be an issue leg room not an issue for me yeah 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 uh i mean like i'm not making out like i'm the tallest guy in the world like clearly i'm not but it's just i don't know i just i did not enjoy i did not enjoy the confines of the uh of the cattle class at all um and you know there's all the bullshit now tendon bullshit with flying now and when you get over especially when you get to the states i mean those guys do not they're not fun they're not fun people are they the tsa they're just not fun (laughs) no they Um, for the most part they're generally not now i have run into some that have been more more fun um but yeah on the whole they are not a fun group yeah, you see, there's 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 the added thing with me as well, where um, when I was younger, I looked like uh, I was in the IRA, apparently. And now <laughs> I look like I'm some sort of um, more modern version of terrorist, uh, because clearly that's obviously the thing, because every time there is a, a line which is moving sweetly, uh, they will single me out for uh, random inspection every single time whatever is about the head on me i look i'm clearly the most suspicious looking man uh in any given crowd uh which i've come i've come to terms with at this stage but it is incredibly annoying uh to be honest but anyway like i was saying um we should start driving this bus back towards the foot do we have probably to? lost half of our listeners that go, where where's our where's our reds chat so i have one big basic question for you now um on the back of what's happened since we last spoke lisa marie and certainly since we last spoke guy which is that all of a sudden i found myself listening to yesterday's daily red and or the day before and Dear God Almighty in heaven, even Hendrick's in on it now about fourth place. And honestly, if Dave and myself are starting to feel like we might be drifting that way, I can only assume at the the legions of people who are all in and therefore ready to be 
absolutely smashed on the rocks of despair if and when it doesn't happen. I'm curious as to what your levels of hope are now, whether they've, because I know it was very, very, very tempered. Uh, and I, 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 I think it was minuscule to non-existent last time we spoke, Lisa Marie, about whether or not this, this thing could be achieved. But obviously it's really still out of our hands and to, to a huge extent. And it's, it's about Manchester United continuing to balls up. Um, have you allowed yourself to get in this train? Because I will—I'll be, I'll be honest with you—I'm not on it at all. I'm—I've—I'm looking at it. and I'm smiling at the train going past. And I'm going good for you guys, but I'm not—I I refuse to set foot on this train yet. Uh, where are you in terms of the optimism with the, the whole? Have you been swept up in top four joy? No, I mean I will say <laughs> that I am. <laughs> You asked. It was kind of a yes or no question. I'm more hopeful than I was the last time we talked. But again, as I have said multiple times, I mean, I'll I'll have that little bit of hope. And, it, and it's more than maybe a little bit now, you know, as long as it's still possible until it isn't possible. And I have to say the same thing. I mean, it's I mean, yes, we certainly have to win our, you know, do well in our remaining matches, but but it's more on, you know, what United do. So we don't really have any control. Uh, you know, all our lads can do is go out, you know, go out and win the three, three games they have left. And, you know, we hope that it works out for us, but but it is what it is. So, I mean, I'm a little more hopeful, but... It will still just I had I had become resigned to the fifth place finish Europa League spot. And I'm still OK with that. I mean, if if we end up pulling out top four <laughs> this season, I mean, I it's like a miracle of epic proportion. So that's probably a bit of an overstatement. But but yeah, it's I'm more hopeful than I was. But but I'm still not holding my breath. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's an overstatement to suggest that it's a miracle of epic proportions. I, I think that's fair comment because when you think where we were, oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the the horror show of that, of languishing mid-table and, 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 you know, regardless of the convincing nature or otherwise of the performances, we have started stringing these wins together, which, Guy, we always say this, don't we, that in the Premier League, I know it's a cliche, but sometimes cliches um, are just very, very true. Um, that's part of the nature of them. Uh, if you string a, res- a row of results together in the Premier League in the region of eight to ten, well, it's absolutely game changing in terms of your position in the table. It's just a simple fact. So a team in relegation trouble. Uh, or in the relegation positions, uh, if they're there early season, 8-10 wins, suddenly they're up on the fringes of challenging for Europe. If you're where we were, all of a sudden now we're, you know, really making United um, jumpy in fourth place. Uh, So that's a remarkable thing, and and credit to Liverpool for that. But none of this would be possible, and none of us would be thinking about anything other than fifth place if it wasn't for the fact that the wheels have fallen off Manchester United a little bit, losing to Brighton, losing to West Ham. And nobody really saw those things coming. And just to frame up the question I'm putting to you in the context of United, they have Wolves, Bournemouth, 
Chelsea and Fulham left. Um, it's interesting. There's a lot of the same club in the clubs. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll look at Newcastle later if you want, but Newcastle leads Brighton, Leicester and Chelsea. So again, the crossover there. And then obviously we know that what what's left for the Reds is quite interesting. And um, I'm lucky enough that I'm going to be able to sit and look at, at the efforts at Villa up close. But we have Leicester as well. Uh, we have Villa and we have Southampton. So the crossover in terms of the clubs that affect the end of the season is quite interesting. You've obviously been sort of out of the loop a little bit, but since you've come back, the expectation levels are starting to ramp up again. Have you been caught up in it, Guy? Uh, I watched most of the games. Um, I missed Leeds because that's the day I was flying. Uh, uh, missed West Ham because I was hungover. <laughs> um, but it seems like, to me anyway, we were kind of still playing quite badly, but we were just getting results. Um, yeah. Anyway, it seemed like anyway, but it just seemed like we've kind of tried to take defensive responsibility off Trent and I'll say struck gold, but we've kind of gone through a few clumps of crap as well because <laughs> um, we've opened up some issues. But I think the brilliance of people like Trent is kind of just overcoming the issues it's created at the same time. But by, by the looks of it, obviously, I've not watched every game in, in full detail. Um, and I'm like in a crowded sports bar and stuff like that, and it didn't really help. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a strange one, isn't it? I mean, we've obviously found something that's worked, and but you just go into every game and you're like, if Canate doesn't have a good game, we're going to get torn apart <laughs> right back. It's just that, that's how it seems to me. Um, but in ter- in terms of the top four pitch, I mean. The last time I changed my Twitter name from Operation Finish 8th to 4th was the United 7-0 game, so I may not be allowed to talk about the top four. <laughs> um, yeah. But, no, yeah, so, no, we're going to finish 8th, I reckon. Um, <laughs> but, let, let's let's, take, let's take, take the pressure off you in terms of uh, talking about where you think the Reds are going to finish, because, honestly can do as a club is win those three games and it's a big enough ask to do that so but as you look at United no doubt you've been keeping an eye on that as well and certainly since you come back you've I think you've been back for the two uh, really bad results uh, for them the reversals to Brighton and, and, and West Ham and like I say they've got Wolves Bournemouth Chelsea and Fulham and you could make a case why none of those should pose even the slightest challenge for United. We know they need to drop, unless I'm very mistaken here, four points in those for us to, they need, they need, we need them to lose and to draw because I think we have a superior goal situation. Um, That is right. So um, as you look through Wolves, Bournemouth, Fulham and Chelsea, I think it's justifiable to say that United, uh, if they get their act together, should absolutely not suffer the indignity of a loss and a draw in those four games. However, 
there's also the case to be made that perhaps there is a little bit of wheels coming off and there is a little bit of one or two of those clubs might actually have something in them by way of fight. So it's just enough to keep us hopeful, isn't it, man? It is just about. And the, the only thing I think people have kind of dismissed it is that Man United are good at home and three of their games are at home, unfortunately. But at the same time, I mean, Wolves pop up with random results, but they're kind of safe now, so they might just not be arsed anymore. Um, yeah. Bournemouth's the away game, so maybe, uh, who knows. Chelsea, they might hire an actual professional football manager. Fingers they won't, but fingers crossed. But at the same time, <laughs> their good players might like think about becoming professional footballers again and have, have a bit of pride in themselves. Maybe just ignore what the PE teacher's saying on the side and go... We'll just play a bit of football, lads, because these on the opposite side aren't even that good. Um, and Fulham, I mean, I think Fulham are on the beach, but at the same time, they've just decided to have the most mental games possible to finish the season. And I'd take that. A bit of a madness. I mean, four all or something on the last day with Fulham. Why not? But Plus, what's his it, name is back? Mitrovic. Um, Mitrovic. Yeah, he might yeah. be like, you know what? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Indeed, well, it's what what about, what about from the two of you then the other one and that people are not talking about as much because they had been pretty cemented there and they don't really look as if they're in as much trouble as the Manx. But you look at the table and the table tells you that Newcastle are three points ahead of us with a game in hand, as opposed to United who are one point ahead with a game in hand. So theoretically, uh, a couple of dodgy results for Newcastle, two losses, and they could be the ones that cough up the spot to us. And they have leads. Uh, I think that's the midday game tomorrow, and that's at Leeds. And Leeds have ample reason to fight. Uh, they go, they have Brighton coming to them, and Brighton, whatever. I think Brighton might just have broken the last day against Everton um, from being this impressive side. Um, Then they have Leicester City. Again, they're at home for that one. And Leicester are awful. And they have Chelsea to finish the season at Chelsea. And again, you'd like to think, as you say, Guy, maybe there might be a new manager sitting in the stand. There might be a few lads who want to bust the gut. So... Lisa Marie, let me put that one to you. I mean, is that a potential source of hope for us? They, again, like I say, of four games, uh, two defeats out of four, and suddenly we're sneaking into their spot if we win our games. Of course, that's the caveat all the time. We don't need to keep repeating that. Uh, is that even is that even less likely or just as likely or more likely? What do you think? I mean, I would say it's it's just as likely because two of those teams you you named are you know they're fighting to keep from being relegated, so that might just put that little bit more fight in them to um you know to try to win at Newcastle. So you know they're scrapping for every point or even you know even get the draw or whatever. So I mean you know it it comes to the same thing. It's 
as you know, with United. I mean, it could have. I mean, especially after. I mean, no one, no one could have seen Brighton losing as badly as they did to the Ev. I mean, I couldn't believe that score. <laughs> it was just. I felt bad for them. Um, so I think that just tells us that you know you you can't. And I didn't see that game at all, so I don't. You know, I can't comment about how Brighton played if if they just it was one of those days where nobody could do anything right or or what but that just shows you that you know these teams that are fighting to stay up you know some of them will fight you know tooth and nail to to make it happen so the fact that two of those Newcastle opponents are two that are in the relegation fight you know they very well may you know just drag past a you know a one nil win or or what you don't you just at this point I will believe I don't I don't count on anything it's just been it's been a crazy season we've seen some just backward unexpected results which I'm sure you probably always see it's just to me I don't know because I've just been paying so much more attention to what everybody else is doing that I'm noticing it more or what but Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Did you... I'm going to shift from the sublime to the ridiculous for a moment. (laughs) Did you both both have any feelings around the latest kit launch outside of the, oh, that's quite nice, or that's not quite nice? Or maybe that was the only feeling you had about it, which is fine. And, And by the way, I'm not about to get into... Let's just say middle-aged man, because even though it's fairly old-aged man, uh, let's say middle-aged man talking about kit. I, I, I'm not going to get into that in any great depth. I, I have just a take on it. But I'm curious, uh, and I'll, go, I'll start with you on this one, Guy. You know the way this comes out and the timing of it? I think probably going to be pretty much set in stone anyway the, the kids I think are probably pretty much out of the club's hands and in the hands of the manufacturers you'd thought to an extent at least um, and there is certainly a way a, a version of reality in which uh, that could have been quite sour quite a sour experience as it is it happened just as everybody's a little bit high on United falling away and Liverpool continuing to win um uh, the, the, the kit launches themselves. Are you a fan of this type of thing? I get a feeling that deep down in your soul, despite the fact that you're a, a man of of, of uh, 
a few years compared to myself, I think you have a sort of old fashioned soul. Do you enjoy that crack or do, do you find it a little bit cringy? And then I'll come to Lisa Marie on that. And then genuinely, then what was your take on the, the, the actual kit itself? Because I'll be honest, and this is a relevant point. I think Nike have really, really been piss poor overall uh, since they got the job, um, considering how excited I think many of us were. I mean, I'm a kind of a loyalist to that brand for all my gym gear because they just do good stuff. That's why I get it. They do good stuff, nice designs and stuff. But for Liverpool, it hasn't really been that way. So just your take on that whole kit launch thing, is that do you – are you excited by those type of things? Do you get a bit? Do you do you knock some fun out of it? I, I see some people and they really enjoy all that stuff. I wouldn't say it excites me. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it? I think it's not it's not targeted at me. It's targeted at younger people and um, without offending Lisa Maria, I think it's almost for people maybe more of an American market and stuff like that. Because I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think like for people who grew up around Liverpool and obviously been Liverpool fans, obviously me, I'm out of town and stuff like that. You'll probably, if you fancy buying the kit, it'll be a, it's hard to screw up a red kit that much. You won't buy it if you're going to buy it anyway. So big launches like that don't really do anything for me, unless it's the ugliest kit in the world. I probably will consider buying it, whether wait till it's on sale or whatever like that. But I think it's more for the, for the foreign uh, fan base and, and and younger lads, where you just go, look, Ibu Kanate is in a fo- in a photo booth. It's like, uh, it's a bit ugly that kit, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, he looks happy, but that's a boring ass kit. Um, that's where I'm sat with it. Like, I'm with you, Trev. I kind of never really wanted Nike from a obviously that happy with money and stuff like that. But if it's just from a pure design point of view. I always liked Adidas. You see what Arsenal kits have been like the recent years, and their Adidas, they are mostly just sublime, mostly. Um, I liked Adidas in our Rafa Benitez era. Um, the floppy collar kit, which is synonymous with Torres, is probably my favourite kit off the top of my head. Um, so I've always had a thing with Adidas for Liverpool kits. So going to Nike and the way they just template stuff like that, like you'll see the Liverpool kit and then you'll put the Spurs game on and be like, oh, there's our kit in white. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I think the Nike kits have been mostly crap apart from, was it last season? Was it last season we had that stone kit where it was like off-white with black shorts? You'll know the one I'm on about. Yeah, that was but, yeah, that, that was a lovely kit. Yes, 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 yes. Well, so and I the green one, one this year, the third yes. kit is nice. Oh, the, the, one, the one we've worn once. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why haven't we been wearing that? I wish we'd wear it again. The sales must be crap for that psychedelic horror show and just be like, just keep wearing it. It doesn't matter we can't win in it. <laughs> Someone yeah. will buy. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But also, I mean... <sighs> I've been I've been passing. I don't tend to buy jerseys much, but now now I'm like sort of training a bit. I thought I could use it for the gym or something. Maybe I get some use out of yes. it. And I just keep walking past them and going, oh fuck it, because I've associated this year's kit, which I actually quite like. It's plain. It's simple. I quite like the home kit this year. It's fine. Um, 
And it looked to me like the kind of kid that might have actually been a successful one. As it is, you know, my favorite kids as a result, you you said it right. My favorite kids are the ones where you've won trophies in them. So like the new balance with the collar, uh, that's our Champions League one. That's a, that's a belter. The, the pinstripe. I love tri- the pinstripe. Yeah. Oh man, the pinstripe pin tribute kit to the old uh, mid-83, uh, 84 version. That's it. That was a belter of a kit, the one we won the league. And I love that. And I know some people it wasn't to their taste, but I just, I'm, I'm, very underwhelmed by Nike and, and Lisa Marie again let's get your take on this I mean because I know you enjoy like I do a lot of the sort of PR stuff that the club put out the the fun videos with the likes of Robbo and Trent and Ox and the lads just mucking about doing stuff and here you again you get to see the lads sort of having a laugh and mucking about pretending to be models and you know you end up with some cool shots and People can talk about the kit and it's a good topic of conversation. I actually enjoyed the morning of the kit release for that reason. You know, I, it's not something I look forward to. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But at the same time, I'm not enough of a grumpy old bastard that I can't enjoy the fun conversations that were had on the back of it. Where did you land with that? Was there something that you were looking forward to or you had an active interest in or what, what, what was your take? Looking forward to might have been a bit of an overstatement, but, you know, like you, I kind of enjoy, I think I do enjoy more just the the little videos and clips and things that end up coming out after the kit launches. I mean, I like the ones that are more behind the scenes and it's not that actual promotional, you know, video, but they've put out another one that's just kind of behind the scenes and you can see them, you know, just laughing at each other and making fun of the pants that certain ones were wearing and, you know, and all, all of that. I mean that, you know, I enjoy watching that. I think they're, they're fun. You know, it's funny. I've never, I think the kit thing is kind of a guy thing, <laughs> not, not guy drinkle, but male, a male thing. Cause I have never heard so much conversation <laughs> about it as the last couple of years as I started, you know, really paying attention, you know, and be more dialed into to everything around the team. Um, you know, when you guys have the whole conversations on what was your favorite kit, I, I can't contribute to that. <laughs> <laughs> really at all. Um, but I do agree. I mean, it was it was so built up with this Nike deal or Nike, as some of y'all say. Um, and I've been underwhelmed, I guess. I You know, I, I haven't you know, I haven't been like, ooh, that's the you know, that's just spectacular. It's. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, the one this year I love for this year's home kit. I like the shade of red. There's just something about that shade of red that I really I really like. Um, and yeah. 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 And I mean, and I like the third kit, the the green. In fact, I ended up I got that one for as as a Christmas gift. It's the first one I've got my first kit. Yay. Now I can start, you know, contributing to the discussions. I'm surprised. you like, well, this is the only one I own. But anyway, yeah. um. <laughs> I'm surprised at this take from you about this sort of comparative disinterest in that side of things, it's, because I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, if I fully agree with you about it being a, a guy thing, because I see some of the most ardent contributors to chat. The chats are are, are uh, ladies that I know on Twitter. They get big into it as well. I don't I Maybe it's just I'd say it's probably maybe like it's just me. Now, I will say 
not this year's kit, but it was last year's, the one that had the like the orange trim. I will never forget. I was looking at something and, um, you know, the 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 judgy daughter um, <laughs> was like, what are you looking at? I'm like, oh, look, here's here's this is Liverpool's, you know, home kit for next year. And, she, or, you know, her first kit. She's like, why does it have orange on it? They're, that's not one of their yeah. colors. And I go, well, they do these things for effect or I I don't know why it has orange on it. It just does. She goes, that's it's weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, green on the on the year before. But when it came up with orange like diagonal stripes, I think yeah, it was a bit it was, like Okay. <laughs> I mean it was like they were trying to be different and and I don't know. I mean yeah, I kind of liked the diagonal stripes. I just didn't necessarily like that they were orange. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I do. I mean, I have an opinion. This year's, I mean, I, my understanding is they're trying to be very kind of retro. Is that is that correct with or the one? Yeah, so, so, yeah. So, so they wheeled out um, they wheeled out Ian Callaghan to to be part of it, who was the Reds' record appearance holder and probably will always be uh, an absolute you know proper legend not a, a plastic legend and uh, it was the kit from 73 ah, which I know you, which I know you year. believe to be very dear. yeah yeah uh, you do um, too as well just yeah I do and, like, I mean there's something about the simplicity of kits back there I know Carl who is of this parish uh, regularly talks about how he loves those old 70s kits because of the, the simplicity of them the whether it's the one with the big deep white V or the round neck like this one my only take on it and then again who cares about what some old dude thinks but my only take on it was i thought it was a bit weird because footballers are so uh lean and actually if you see them in real life quite slight humans these days mm-hmm. um that it seemed to me that they had made a kit, even the stadium fit one, which they're all wearing. And not, sta- not the stadium kit, I think, is the fan version. And then if you're willing to pay the extra thirty pounds, I think it's like the difference between seven or maybe it's euro seventy, sub eighty euros, eighty to ninety euros. That's what it is. Sorry, uh, around about top end of eighty euros maybe near 90 or if you want to pay 120 you can get the player fit one um and this is a new gimmick that i've noticed they've brought in so anyone who fancies himself to be in comparatively decent nick will be buying that or every kid will want that one um and even that one which the lads were wearing they've got like these floppy cuffs on their upper arms and i was like I would not be happy with that if I was a, a vain young sportsman. I'd wanted to be a bit more fitted. I found it, I find that a bit bizarre. But anyway, maybe we need to, as somebody suggested to me, we need to get the lads uh, lifting some weights there so they can ping out of them a bit better. Um, I did want to talk about the kit because I wanted a sort of a, a, a palate cleanser uh, before we, 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 we finish because we've kind of taken on the big question of, like, do we believe... Or do we not believe? And I'm not getting tremendous amounts of all in from either of you uh, on that. I think it, we're, we're, the three of us have this sort of one foot in reality thing. I, I was amazed. I was absolutely amazed to hear Dave going for it there the other day. I, I did not see that coming. Uh, I I, just, I can't join him yet um, because I just I don't 
ever like trusting in what other people are going to do and as a result and you can't control that if it was just a matter of do i have belief that we could win our three games uh, uh, yeah I, I could be hopeful and optimistic about that um but it's Reliant, reliance on others just leaves me uh, I, I, I've got personal issues with that as a concept uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk I wanted to talk about the, the 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 kit by way of like I say something lighthearted before we go to the other kind of bone of contention at the moment which is the ongoing uh, endless churn about who's coming in who's going out how much money there is to buy people to come in and uh, how much money will be made from people going out. So I don't want to get into anything major about it at all because it is quite infuriating and it has been a pretty horrible process. My only take is, and Guy, again, I'll start you on this. I, I think I've noticed a drift. I, I think I've noticed you becoming slowly radicalized like myself uh, towards towards a certain extremist uh, 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 point of view on, 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 on the Liverpool corner of the Internet, which is uh, I, I think I've noticed a, a genuine disgruntlement on your behalf uh, in some of your tweets around the owners and their comparative tightness. And when I made a little tentative suggestion about that in a couple of tweets there over the last couple of days, vast majority of people uh, don't interact, I've noticed. It's like expressing a dubious political opinion. People just walk away from you like there's a particularly bad odor in your vicinity and they don't want to engage uh, for fear of being seen to support something that might be uh, unpleasant or because they're just lacking the conviction to do so or maybe they just genuinely don't support what you're saying and they don't want to fight with you so that's fine but I wasn't making big outrageous FSG out statements because I wouldn't do that because that's not necessarily what I believe at all I think I would kind of like them to piss off if we could get someone in who was ticked all the boxes. But I'm, I'm a realist and I don't think there are many of those about. But, but mate, the, the bite back I got from a couple of lads who seem to be more FSG fans than Liverpool fans. It's a remarkable uh, uh, little state of affairs to find ourselves in. First of all, am I right in thinking you've drifted that way? Uh, and second of all, like, what's your take on, on your expectations around what they're going to do, given all the odd briefings we keep getting from all the big, the big usual suspect names? In terms of FSG, I think I've, I've been at the same spot with FSG since the season where you didn't have any centre-backs, to be honest. Um, they don't care about winning. Um, they care about making money and protecting the asset, which is the sensible thing to do, but at the same time, it's the boring thing to do because I, I think you and Dave always say that we, we've left trof- big trophies, not small, shitty community shield-sized trophies on the, on the table. We've left the two big boys on the table in terms yeah. of the Premier League and the Champions League, and I, I know the counter argument to be will be to FSG's sense. Of, how the hell does FSG set off an Amazon Echo? Hey, how does that happen? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, FSG um, FSG's cold, calculated, boring way is, has brought us success. That is a fact. But at the same time, would that have worked if we didn't push the boat out and buy? 
and go off 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 route and off, off route, I should say, and, and buy Alison Becker and Van Dyke and for maybe less so Fabinho because he was like forty mil. But the way we broke into becoming one of the better teams in the world, if not the best team in the world for a stretch, was going off brand and buying two massive players for huge amount world record fees at the time. Uh, well, Alison for about a week. Thank you, Chelsea and Kepa. <laughs> but um, we became successful because we went off brand um, and did un-FSG things. And then since then, we've gone back to doing FSG things and and done the bare minimum. And we've obviously won. We won the Prem- Premier League in that time. But I think Dave's done it enough to death about the knock-on effects of now we're always a window behind. And you see that now where the squad is suffering massively in certain areas. Um, but now, since that centre-back injury crisis season, it's just like, we had the league in our hands. You gave Klopp a championship defender and a 20-odd-year-old lad from a relegated threatened Bundesliga. Actually, basically a relegated Bundesliga team at that stage. It's like, lads, if you just bought a £15 million centre-back, we would have won the league. <laughs> it's not pushing the ball yeah. out, lads. Your money starts with a B. A bill, you are billionaires. That's with a B. 15 million or 20 million is not going to ruin your life. Um, but in terms of what, what I expect for this summer, I think we'll spend. I don't think we'll do enough because we've not really done enough since 2018. That's how I feel everything. I mean... Like, you look at some of our windows, like, we, 2020, we bought Canate. No, 2021, we bought Canate. And you're like, wow, that could be one of, that could literally be our best signing ever for the price we paid, for the player he is now, for the player he probably will become. But then you look, oh, we've only bought Canate. Shit. <laughs> um and every other every other window, it's just it's been like that, that since we bought Alison and Van Dyke. It, I know they weren't the same window, but it was the same um, six month period. Um, it I feel like we'll go into this season, uh, go into the summer. Let I'll throw a few names on it just for a better example. We'll probably sign McAllister. Let's say we buy Mount, and, and then we'll probably buy like a cheap centre back and maybe a backup goalkeeper. Whereas that's four players, but at the same time. The midfield issues aren't going to be fixed because we'll still have Henderson as a starting midfielder. We'll one Fabinho drop off away from then putting Henderson as the backup mid- defensive midfielder, or we f- sh- um, throw uh, Basetic in again at the deep end, who will be 18 or 19, however old he is, and go fix our season. It just we never. We never seem to do too much. Like, there is not in football, that unless you're Chelsea and you do too, too much, <laughs> there is no harm in doing too much in football. Like, <laughs> the way we, we are run, we've never had a disastrous signing. And I know people will be going, Naby Keita's shit and all that stuff. Like, Naby is not a £50 million midfielder or whatever we spent on him. But he's been a good midfielder. He's obviously made of Pringles, and that's a kind of a pain in the ass. It has been for five years now. But Naby Keita was a good player, and he's our biggest flop in our in this time period. I mean, that's not really a risk. If that's our worst one, maybe Darwin could become that because it's a weird fit. But that's a whole different discussion point. Um, 
But when we make signings, they are good. At the very least, they just become, at the very worst, they become injured, but they are still good players. Um, so going the extra mile is something we can afford to do because we will not ever bust to a certain degree. Um, but in terms of the... So I, I, I'm scared of this summer. I feel like if we end up just signing McAllister, Mount, random Bundesliga goalkeeper here, and let's say Dicker on a free, for, just to throw names out there, you just kind of go into that. And, is that really going to make us back where we were? I know we've kind of turned it around and stuff, and we're the second best team on form in the last 15 games or whatever it is. It just you look at Man City and you're like, Man City have been shit this season, and I feel like there's a fucking cavern between us at the minute. So we have to jump a cavern, and then whatever the hell they're going to improve this summer as well, because they know financial stuff's going to happen. They will end up spending before anything happens to them. Um, so we have to make two jumps here, not just one. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. You know what? There's so much in that uh, stream of consciousness uh, run from yourself there that I thought was really, really astute. I, I, I particularly liked your observation about uh, how when we went off brand, it led to uh, the successful purchases, which actually led uh, led to the uh, the success uh, that 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 followed and. Also, it struck me very hard between the eyes as you were talking about there, you were talking about, you know, in relation to Basitich and saying, you know, uh, you know, how we found ourselves at one stage of of this season saying to a kid, right, you know, get us out of bother there, kid, and do your your bits. And all of a sudden we're reliant on this child as a starter. And we did that at the start of the season with Harvey. So that's twice in the season we did it. Um, And it's just... It's it speaks volumes about the shoddy state of the squad, and it's nothing to do with uh, ability, as you said. Like you know, we we do we sign good players, but you know, Oxley Chamberlain has been a, a non-event for years, and Naby Keita has been entirely um, um, hampered. Uh, Tiago Alcantara, who's such a wonderful player, despite what some oddballs have been saying recently. Uh, is not available half enough as well. 
um, you know, and we have other issues too about fellas being overplayed uh, who shouldn't be really getting the smell of the team. So these are all things that are interesting and a little bit frustrating. And I share your anxiety about the summer and the the the, the ability to get it done. Um, and Lisa Marie, to bring you in on this to to finish our major topic here. Uh, Guy threw a few names out there and you can feel free to say if there's anyone in particular that you'd like. For example, like, you know, when, when McAllister's being mentioned, uh, you know, I find myself drifting that way now. But I had been there with Caicedo and then suddenly we can't afford him. And obviously I was there with Bellingham and we can't afford him now. And I don't see why it's not going to go the same way with McAllister, alas. And then you go back and you're saying, oh, I guess Mason Mount would be good. And I just I hate all that. And so my take on it was, like I said in, in my, my tweet, that I'm just sick of being the poor relations. And I don't care, again, for the umpteenth time, I hope you're listening to this and getting pissed off at how I sound entitled because I fucking am entitled. And I, I, I'm literally no guilt about it. It doesn't make me feel awkward. I'm actually quite proud of the fact I support this club that has made me feel entitled. So... Now I just want some sort of representation of that in a financial way when we're clearly in bother. And as Guy said, if the owners really want to win things, um, then it will require this outlay. So as you're looking ahead to the summer and, and trying to field all this bullshit, and it probably is mostly guff uh, that we're being fed on a regular basis, um, what, what's your level of optimism around uh, what you think we're going to be able to do today? For example, some decided to uh, throw out the oh a hundred million and, and and even beyond, and I, I just thought oh wow a whole hundred million really, um, and and you know like one of the guys I was talking about started snapping back saying oh, well I mean you know we've, we're super at buying players and what do you expect and you know why are you being so down about it and all. I'm like, oh my God, really? Do I have to explain that to you? Like, where, you, where have you been? Like, you know, but so. Three years. Yeah. So, so, so what, what, what's your, what's your feeling on how you think it's likely to go given what you're hearing and, and the players that we're being linked with? And just to finish on a slightly upbeat note, is there anyone that you're hearing on a regular basis that you actually think, well, actually I would love if we could nab that football because that could be quite transformative for us. You know, I've been trying not to get too pulled into the transfer chat yet because, you know, I'm thinking the window hasn't even opened yet. And it'll be a very long summer if I get, you know, pulled down the rabbit hole this early. So, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been listening to, you know, things Dave's been saying on the Daily Red or, or you know, whatever. And I've been listening to, you know, you and Dave Davis on your on your transfer pod and, and whatnot. But, you know, I'm not because I it feels like every time we get all excited about the possibility of, of signing a certain player, you know, it just falls through. So I, you know, I kind of don't want to get my hopes up for anything. I want to I think I wait. I prefer to be pleasantly surprised when, oh, all of a sudden, you know, this fabulous player is, you know, like the Luis Diaz thing that just kind of came out of kind of nowhere. Um, yeah. You know, I want I want to enjoy that, you know, level of surprise and excitement again, um, you know, because, of course, last, you know, we, we got Darwin signed very early last summer and then that was kind of it. And 
So it was it was a very long summer indeed. So, you know, I certainly obviously we need players in, but but I agree with, you know, kind of where you and Guy are leading. I don't I I I have this very bad feeling in the pit of my stomach that it's just not going to be enough. You know, we're certainly we're sure to get, you know, a couple in, but but I don't think it's going to be all of what we need. It's going to be, you know, a partial fix, not. You know, and I mean, I'm not expecting them to go out and, you know, buy half a dozen or so, but, but I don't know. I just feel so, so there's that. I, I mean, I certainly think, yes, we're going to have players, but I, I, I just feel that it's, it's not going to be as, as much as we need. As far as who, um, you know, you, we're seeing more and more about Alexis McAllister and I like, you know, I like him as a player. I, I, Certainly hope that one pans out, but I'm I'm trying not to let myself get too attached because um, then my heart is just broken when it when it doesn't happen. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, get it. I, yeah. I've I've not been paying too. I mean, I've been paying attention, but I'm just not tying my my flag, if you will, to to anybody specific at this point in time because I just I feel like I've been burned too many times before. I don't. I don't want that. I want to be I want to be kind of pleasantly surprised and excited again, you know, like like has happened before, but it's not happened in a long time. So, yeah, because, you know, I mean, January. Well, you know, and I mean, look, Cody Gakpo, nobody was super excited about that. You know, and it was all so much. Oh, we need a midfielder, not, you know, him. But he's he's working out fairly well. I mean, I think a lot of people are. Which, you know, I was saying not to, you know sound like I'm some, you know, all knowing, but I was saying, give the kid a chance. It's not his fault. He's not a midfielder, you know, that, that we were signed. And, and so, you know, he, he came in at a bad time and, you know, he's held his own and, you know, he's starting to do rather well. So yeah, I think we just, I guess we just have to hope, but, but you're right, Trev, we, you know, I don't think we're asking the FSG overlords for, you know, would it would it kill you to to lay out say 200 million this year since you haven't put out a whole heck of a lot in the last few years but possibly it will so we'll see also whisper that did i answer all the questions you did you did you did like i said whisper your uh whisper your criticisms of fsg very low around the uh liverpool twitter because like i say the disciples are i don't do that yeah, they have their they have their uh, their their antennae out for any slights <laughs> against the uh, the great one John Henry. Um, I, I I I take on board what you're saying. It's a very good point that we have to remain a little bit grounded and also a little bit grateful in all areas of life and especially uh, something as frivolous as football because of course we've had some fantastic boys and you mentioned Luis Diaz. And uh, the Cody Gakpo point is very well taken. Um, he's now currently one of my favourite Liverpool players and may well end up being uh, a kind of a, a Bobby Sadio type favourite level with me as things go on because I'm tremendously uh, uh, full of admiration for for him as a, as, a, as a player. I think he's fantastic. So, yeah, we have to temper our annoyance a little bit for sure, but... To finish on an upbeat note, then guy with you. I mean, if I had a fantasy pick, it would still be Caicedo because 
everything I see of him, he just looks like mm-hmm. it would be the perfect match for us. If I had a next level one, because we've been linked so much with Alexis, I like the idea of getting him, but I know that he doesn't do the job on his own. We need to buy smart around that signing. Um, and, you know, apart from that, I get it very hard to get very excited about specific defenders or uh, other defensive midfielders who are, are high on reputation but low on hours in my eye sockets. So I, I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm not going to fanboy about a guy like Ugarte who I haven't seen very much. I can't do that. I, I'm like, I'm not that person. I'm not going to pretend that I know how wonderful that would be. I, I know his reputation, um, but it's always very limited time that I get to see because I don't tend to watch much of other lads football so I know you are far better at that type of thing than me and keep an eye on things to a greater extent so what's your fantasy pick uh, and secondary pick and then um, down the line in terms of the players that we are sort of associated with and then the ones that you just think are good regardless and might be a, a good pick up if you had to pick say three or four for me there start with your absolute like oh probably won't happen but and then go from there I saw Rugart once and he got sent off so I've been on that train ever since there's <laughs> <laughs> enough of me he got sent off against Arsenal I was like yeah you'll do no but in terms of the dream pick it, it, again it, it's Kai Sado for me <clears throat> I think I'd probably be alright with just sending our budget to Brighton and just going we'll take these two lads and <laughs> we'll buy the replacements as well lads because they'll be good as well but no Kai Sado's the one for me it may, he just seems now this is weird because I was ne- I like Ginny, but I was never the one. Ooh, Ginny, he's our most important player. And like, well, he's not is he? Uh, but Caicedo to me seems like the perfect mix of Ginny mixed with Fabinho, but he's like really good on the ball as well. So he just seems like the perfect defensive midfielder for me. Um, McAllister, I really like. I'm not sure if I like him as much as other people on Twitter, but if, if we bought him, I'd be really, really, really happy. Um, I do think there's like, the I think there'll be like a lot more versions of McAllister probably around Europe rather than the Premier League. Because in the Premier League, if you said name midfielder who's good, loads of people would say Declan Rice. And I, I'd take Declan Rice if he cost half his price um but he's going to cost like 80 to 100 million and he is nowhere near that type of player but he's gonna I think be, when people it's gonna be jack Grealish 2.0 exactly 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 and i think when people say they want rice they're probably thinking of someone who'd replace fabinho and i don't really see that type of player i think for me declan rice is one of those do you know when people call N'Golo Kante a defensive midfielder and you're like, well, he's not really. He kind of just does his own thing, like just tackling people wherever he wants to be. And I'm not, That's not me saying he's crap positionally, but I think Declan Rice is that type of player. He, You just let him go be a menace around the pitch. I feel like, and this, if Dave, Dave won't listen to this, but it'd piss him off if he did. So someone clip this and send it to Dave. I think if Klopp really wanted someone who replaces Jordan Henderson and you get all the bullshit about, oh, he's a leader and he'll be good at lactate tests and all that shit, 
I wouldn't be surprised if, say, Declan Wright is at West Ham next summer and then his price is not a bajillion pound. It wouldn't surprise me if he's our big, ooh, he's John Henderson's replacement type thing. But I feel like Rice is a bit more of an all-round player than than Henderson. But at the same time, when Henderson was that age, Henderson was basically our entire midfield. Um, so, yeah, Caicedo's one as the dream signing. Uh, McAllister's probably two in there. And in terms of someone who's realistic, I mean, I only really watched the Premier League. Um, who's a bit of an off-brand shout? I mean... Crystal Palace have a lad called Dekure. If we're looking for someone to succeed Fabinho, I think he could be in the shout. But he did only just move for thirty million, so he may cost a pretty penny himself. But maybe as an off-brand shout, I think he he does quite a bit of Fabinho things. Not not spectacular on the ball, but gets in a lot of duels and stuff like that. So I think want to keep an eye on Crystal Palace's Dekure. Love it. Love it. Um, we are going to wrap it up at that point because we're heading towards that time. So, Lisa Marie, any final thoughts or any wrap-up idea that you want to just get in there or just a, a last word from yourself? I do. Thank you for asking, Trev. So kind of you. So, just a little, <laughs> just a little quote, if you will, um, in honor of it is Mother's Day in the U.S. this Sunday. So, um, You think that true love is the only thing that can crush your heart, the thing that will take your life and light it up or destroy it, and then you become a mother. And that's true. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, my children, I adore my children. Of course, I love my children. And it's amazing how three people can make me so proud one minute and then want to kill them in the next 15. So um, it, it is amazing. I, you know, and they can go from just pissing me off to where I would walk through fire for them. And, and I, and I think most mothers are like that. So, um, so yeah, so happy mother's day to, to all the, those who are celebrating that this Sunday. That's, that's one of the most on point descriptions of parenthood I think we've ever heard on podcasts um, <laughs> so fair play to you for that and I hope you enjoy your celebrations and they actually spoil you a little bit um, on the day and Guy, final thought from yourself my friend um, at least Liverpool can't ruin the weekend we play Monday yeah. that's very true that's <laughs> That's a there very go. good observation. Oh, 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 hang on. You've got to fold in. Just fold in really quickly. You don't have to go into any detail, but please do drop the name of that absolutely awesome film which you put in the chat there for other people because I know they do keep an eye on this list that, that's, that's building. I was going to do that as my entire thing, Trev, but on IMDb, it has zero quotes and very little details but it is watchable it's called zombie tidal wave it's a sharknado successor so yeah yeah zombie tidal wave zombie tidal wave yeah Uh, classic uh, can i can i can I urge people to go? Uh, will, will they, would, I, I presume you'd see it. You'd be able to see the the trailer, uh, such as it is, on YouTube, right? Zombie Tidal Wave. That's probably fair. If you isn't go it? on IMDb, there seems to be a longer trailer. 
Oh, fantastic! Yes. Um. So, so for for uh, the benefit of of our listeners, um, it does like Ron Seal exactly what it says in the tin. It is a tidal wave full of fucking zombies. So please do go and check that out. There's lads on boats. If Fisherman ahead, contends with an ocean-born outbreak that threatens his seaside island community, <clears throat> there you go. That's, uh, that's the... Yeah, there you go. So it's yeah, it's it's, go. Um, it's it's Jaws, except clearly much much better. Uh, so I would I would I would um, heartily recommend people go and have a look at that for themselves. And I will say to you uh, all that um, I am very grateful for your continued listenership, um, and thanks to those of you who reach out and comment on the show and say you like this or you enjoyed that or you were interested in the other. Um, it makes uh, makes a difference. And uh, I don't think people sometimes get that. Um, I know I'm often hearing listeners say that really nice things along the lines of, you know, that sometimes the show becomes kind of part of their routine and they kind of feel like, uh, they have uh, an extended crew through us, and that's a very cool thing that I feel very privileged to be part of, and I know the, the guys here do too. Um, but it's mutual, you know, and when you do reach out to us and you say things, it's not like we're on some uh, big pod cloud in the sky. This is, like, very, very appreciated. So thank you to those of you who have done that. Um, apart altogether from anything else, it is quite reassuring to know that you're not talking into the void and that you, the things that you're doing and saying actually um, have some benefit to some people. Um, so I do appreciate any interaction that you guys have with us uh, via Twitter, personally or otherwise and long may it continue and I have no recommendations uh, for anything except go and enjoy yourself this weekend like I said um, and stop tuning in to other lads football the results will be the results at the end and then the Reds will have to do the Reds have to do themselves on Monday night for which you can hear Raw and all the other assorted shows that go with a match on Anfield Index Pro where the content if anything gets better and better and better. It's a hell of a group of people doing a hell of a high standard of work. I wouldn't bother my arse saying it if I didn't believe it. I'd just get on and do my own shows. I do believe it, and I'm listening to more of the shows now than I ever have precisely for that reason. So if you're not listening to the others doing what they do, get your ears around all the shows on Anfield Index Pro, and maybe consider supporting the network if you can. I've been Trev Downey. You've heard Lisa Marie Hanahan and Guy Drinkle. This is the Anfield Index podcast. and We'll be back with you next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.